This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, electrical contractors, I'm Matt from ABB. Are rising costs and product delays keeping you up at night? We can help you contractor better. ABB's contractor resources are designed to help you increase productivity and profitability on your commercial construction projects. Check out Contractor Better today. Visit go.abb slash contractor better. Follow us on Twitter at the Vibe Barnsley. Jump into the music. Wednesday afternoon, five o'clock. Can only mean one thing. Reds fans, it's time for the Reds report. The voice of South Yorkshire and North Derbyshire. BBC Radio Field. Odijay trying to get the better of Risa using good body strength in towards Howard down he goes and Barnsley claiming a penalty there and Martin Atkinson not giving it big big decision right at the end of the game in added time Odijay goes up for it away by Carragher Howard's there once more still it's Howard still going
gegen Hammer. And inside he comes, that's what he wants to do! Oh, that is wonderful! He just loves this place! Another stunning goal from Adam Hammer of Barnsley! Again, the big player for Barnsley, the big build-up. Looking at him to deliver, to produce. Paul Hickeybottom just behind him, they're right behind. Oh my word, has he produced. What an absolute outstanding finish this is. He knows exactly where he wants to put it. This is a player at the top of his game, enjoying his football, enjoying his life. Look at that. Perfection. After a busy schedule of three matches in six days, Daniel Standall gave his troops some time off and they reported back to Oakwell yesterday, ready to face Walsall live on TV yet again this Saturday at half past 12. So we're going to talk um, mainly, I think, about um, the big injury that everybody's been talking about, Kyle. Um, obviously, Kenny Dougal um, out for the remainder of the season, which is, uh, which is bad news. Um, we'll look back at... Well, it was a derby because of geographical reasons, but I think for the spectacle that everybody expected, that fizzled out probably a little bit, didn't it? Um, so, we'll talk clean sheets, sick beats, who's going in goal on Saturday, and I suppose much, much more. This is the Reds Report. This is for the fans. The Vibe. So, Kyle, afternoon, how are we doing? I'm good, thanks, you. Yeah, it's nice weather outside, yeah, it's very spring, nice. isn't it? yeah. I remember I put my uh, lining back in my call at the weekend. Um, I have to take it out again. It's 19 <laughs> degrees. Um, talk about the weather. The match didn't warm us up that much, did it, on uh, on, on, on Friday. What, what do you put that down to? We, we spoke before how Doncaster was one of the better teams that we've seen at Oakwell this season. Is it just the very good at frustrating us? Is there maybe a little bit of three matches, six days, which in, in perfect honesty, they all had, you know, the, the whole of League One. Um, did we cancel each other out? Was there a bit of fatigue? What, what, what would you put it down to? It's an hard one to sort of pinpoint a reason as to why the game w- was played like that. I mean, you know, first half, it was just one of them that we, we never really got going and you know, John Marquis obviously he sat out the game before, so we had, a, you know, had that extra bit of pace to get past our defender and I think it were opening a couple of minutes when Davis made a good double save and you know we could have easily gone one all down and you'd back you'd back Marquis to score from there and again Davis did really well I don't know Doncaster will have done their own work they'll have wanted to come out and try and play against us try and get a result because it's like we thought it was it's a derby geographically and it's one of them that you want the bragging rights in in South Yorkshire because it's only league one South Yorkshire club alongside us so I'm not sure um but again it's, I'd see that as a point earned rather than two dropped. I, I think that's a really good point as well. Um, I think beforehand, Grant McCann, obviously he set out a, a touchline ban, so he was up in the stands, same as the goalkeeping coach for Doncaster, and everybody saying, you know, everything was sorted in our favour. I, I felt um, after 90 minutes, it, it, I think it's a point gained. You know, it's another point on the board, it's another point towards the automatic promotion. Yes. You then look at Luton and they've got the opportunity to widen the gap, but I think just concentrate on, on second place for now. Um, how good was Adam Davis? There's been, and, and I, I think it's only fair we talk about it, a lot on social media in early in the season, the whole of last year, uh, Adam Davis, and, and, and you know, from ratings, from people giving him a zero to being the world's best. Um, I think it's fair to say that Adam Davis throughout this season has. Definitely saved us and, and got us points. Um, I'm talking about the, the penalty save at, at Portsmouth, two good double saves um, on, on on Friday night. How much has he grown as a, as, as a keeper? Do you think? And obviously, he's not signed a contract yet. Is that going to be something that could be worrying? Should we go up to the championship? Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of them now where all fans are wanting Davis to sign that contract and. Uh you know, like you said, he's been really important in in this campaign that we've had, and yeah, it helps. Like you said a few times, having that solid back four in front of him. But when he's been needing to save goals, that well, you look at the one against Sunderland that could have easily gone in. It's a, it's a fantastic stretch save from from Davis, and yeah, I think he saved us more times, and we could have lost these games if you know if he hadn't played that well. So yeah, I think um, it's. 
one of them where we really want him to sign that contract, but it's the ball's in his court, I suppose. Yeah, it's I suppose it's a little bit worrying in one way because other players have signed extensions. Um Mowat signed an extension did, did uh, Ben Williams sign an extension as well so that's what everybody's waiting he can keep his options opening and, and see if anybody comes in now he's away with Wales at the moment hoping to get his first cap as he plays at Trinidad and Tobago tonight or tomorrow I know they yeah, play they play, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they play Trinidad um, and I suppose that's maybe one of the games of Ryan Giggs will have to look at him looking at the clean sheet he's keeping in League 1 you know he's got a decent shout for the, to push for a shot surely because if you look at the other Wales keepers most of them are actually second choices at their respective clubs so, big few days for um, Adam Davies leaves us with a bit of a gap. I mean, we've had a lot of worries about injuries, suspensions. This one because of international call-ups. Jack Walton, um, a, a bit of an odd season, hasn't he? Because he he, he starts on the bench, then he he came in. Was it? I don't know. Was oh, was it? Was it last season? I can't remember. He, he started for the first team before. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's ever done anything that makes people think. Oh, you know, he's not up to it. And I'm sure if if, if Daniel Stendhal has has faith in him. Um, it's a big, big match to come in, though. On the telly, we're in second spot. We've got Sunderland breathing down our necks. We've got our eyes on Luton. Big game for the young lad. Oh, yeah, massive. Absolutely massive. And, and it's one of them where we'll see how he copes under pressure. He came in uh, end of last season, I think, Nottingham Forest on that um, Tuesday night. And, and he played amazing. To say we lost 3-0, he got a lot of credit. He, he was really good. And this season, we've seen him in the Czech trade trophy which is where he got injured I think against Bradford um, yeah like you say he's not done anything where fans are thinking oh you know he's, he's dodgy or you know he might let us slip he played against Luton and, and we won 3-2 yeah two goals but you know he's a, he's a young lad and, and he'll only get confidence by playing games yeah definitely and he'll be held by a settled back four if runs him um, go back to Friday's match then the lineup slightly different Danny Pinellos out with an eye injury not really heard or seen anything how long that's going to keep him out I don't know what sort of injury you know that that is uh, Ben Williams came in for um, uh, t- to take his place and um, Jordan Williams started as well were you surprised by the lineup which was a lot of people expecting Jordan Green to start who obviously you know he didn't um, what, what what did you make of the um, of the lineup yeah I was quite surprised to be honest um, when I looked at team I was expecting to see Barry Mike Barry he was on the bench I was expecting to see Greeny was on the bench because I think Adebayejo started that game, it, yes. which which came as a shock to many. I don't think it was just me because you know we've not seen him as much coming on as a sub, and I, I don't think he's quite ready to start a game. And I think that were proved on Friday night. I didn't think he, he looked really isolated, and and as soon as he got the ball, Doncaster were straight on him, straight you know one of them. Yeah, I was shocked by lineup, um, but I suppose. That just shows the diversity that we've got to change the squad. It does, and it, it, even more faith in Daniel Stendhal because you know it, 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 we left the keep up with a point, which is I suppose a better point for us than it was for Doncaster, who want to obviously stay in the playoffs. Um, let's talk about Victor Adebayo. Um, early in the season, Super Sub came on, scored every time. Then we had a long period, and I think that came inside with the period at the time that Coley Woodrow sort of started, uh, you know, getting match fit and, and regular starter alongside Kiefer Moore. Is it is it is it a league too far, or is he actually being hampered by not playing regular football? Because we've not seen him. He's had a couple of minutes here and there as a substitute in the last few matches, but that's it. And then suddenly to get. A starting position in a South Yorkshire derby was it maybe a, a step too far for the lad? Yeah, I think so. I think he was thrown in at deep end, but I think the changes to the squad might have been thinking tactically, like you know, more pace, more energy, because we'd had the, we'd obviously had three games in six days as as every other team did. Um, but he's never really proved himself at a certain level. I think he will be late in Orient before in League Two or National League, and you know, it wouldn't surprise me if if when we got promoted, he gets loaned out to a a high-end League Two team, something like that, just to get some games under his belt. It's I think he's one of them that could probably benefit from that because you can see there's a footballer in there and I think what what, what I saw more than anything on Friday that he got the ball, but Woodrow had to come really back and sit really deep to, to get the ball back off him. Um, and obviously, um, knowing the style that Doncaster play, I, I, you know, none of our players got much space to create anything and for somebody who's there to hold the ball up and pass, it just, it just didn't work out for him. Um... Jordan Williams, um, seen a, a little bit more of him. One of those players you've, you, you've 
I forgot we had him. You know, he, he came because it was it. Am I right in thinking it was the summer that Cavari and Williams both joined because Williams was at Huddersfield, and then they were going to bring Cavari in. I think there was a medical or whatever. They decided against it, and then we got Cavari as well. So we got well, not two for one, but we got both of them. Cavari has been absolutely solid throughout, despite criticism that he might get. Um, Jordan Williams, it's not done much wrong, has he? Um, I think he's 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 been giving the freedom to play the game he wants, likes going forward. Have you seen anything that you say that you know he, he might warrant to start on, uh, on 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 Saturday against Walsall? I think for he's, he's a young head. Um, I think on more like experience shoulders, he looks really comfortable when he's playing in that sort of midfield role. Uh, before I think we'd saw him uh, at the back and he just didn't look comfortable I think his more natural position is midfield and he had a great chance to score uh, against uh, Doncaster on Friday night um, but his touch were just too heavy and it allowed the keeper to um, get an important touch on it I don't think he's done much wrong to say you know why can't he start but we'll just have to see how long that injury is for who oh, did he come in for in midfield? It might have been Barry. It, it was, um, I think it was when Dougal came off, I think. Yeah, yeah, Dougal went off. Dougal went off. Did Ben Williams go? I can't even remember. But, but Ben yeah. Williams then moved into central, yeah, central midfield. Yeah, it looked like they were switched, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dougal injury uh, in a little while. We'll talk about how much we're missing Kiefer Moore. And that's not negative towards the, the team because we are getting the points. I think Thursday, um, Friday evening was... A prime example of how I thought Kiefer Ball could have influenced the game, um, and I, I see that especially on, on things like uh, on, on things like set pieces. Overall, then, if you have uh, if you had to give him a score um, from zero, being absolutely rubbish to ten, how would you have marked the team performance against Doncaster on Friday evening? Seven. The Reds Report on the Vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley.
The Reds Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Fans. The vibe. 
um, back again after the new radicals. You get what you give, which I suppose we got what we needed. And uh, a bit of Queen and another one bites the dust. I suppose it's another match down for Barnsley, closer on closing in on that target of automatic promotion. Ideally, as champions, but at this moment, I'll take second place, not a problem. <laughs> um, we were talking off air, Kyle. Um, there's been a lot of compliments for Daniel Stendhal, and he's deserved every single one of them. I think one of the things that I've admired more than anything is he doesn't moan about things, does he? He's never moaned about the injuries we've got. He's never blamed fatigue, three matches in a, in, in a week, maybe why the performance was down. He said sometimes that he's proud of the players. Obviously, after the Doncaster match, he gave them all some time off. If you follow him on social media, one was in Dubai, or the one went here, or the one went there. Clever thing to do. I think they all could do with a, you know, with a few days off. The squad's back now. Um, McGeehan and Brown back again, which is which is great. I suppose on the negative side, um, nasty injury to um, to Dougal to Kenny Dougal. Uh, I've never seen a player break his leg and trying to play on. Obviously, <laughs> he didn't know he broke it. Um, that is a big blow. I mean, and it's a huge, huge positive that Brown and McGeehan are back. Personally. I think that's completely overshadowed by the fact that Kenny Dougal is now out for the rest of the season. How do you feel about it? Yeah, he's been very unlucky, and he got injured earlier in the season away at Shrewsbury, I think. Um, and and it took him a while to get back. And in that time, McGeehan made that central midfield spot his, and that's why we were kept out of the side. And as you said off air earlier, um, in any other squad, Kenny Dougal in in League One, he'd just walk into their squad. So to be kept out by Cameron McGeehan shows how much Cameron McGeehan's come on. Um, but he's been very unlucky, Dougal, with, with injuries, and I just hope that it's not, you know, well, obviously he's out for the rest of the season. I just hope that he can make a speedy recovery and get his shot, hopefully, in the championship when we when we get promoted, not if, when. Yeah, you, you said it, earlier. The impact he had, I remember he signed, and obviously being Dutch, straight went on all these forums and everything. And to be perfectly fair, no Sparta fan had anything positive to say about him. Some couldn't believe we paid money for him. Um, it was a good riddance kind of thing So you sort of think you know, One side of the other is like oh, What have we done? And you make a judgement Before he's even kicked the ball Or put his shirt on I then went to watch us play The friendly uh, against Hull At home Pre-season friendly Scored within was it minute, Seven minutes or whatever of, of, of starting the match He's had a huge influence Hasn't he? I mean The, the great Barnsley players That we often talk about and, and legends And don't get me wrong There is many And I've often made this point and it's sort of it, it, they always seem to come in midfield. So if you, if you go way way back, Neil Radfern was in midfield, Brian Howard was in midfield, Hignett was in midfield. More recently, you could look at a Conor Hurahan who was in midfield. I, although a different type of player, I had this feeling that Kenny Dougal, when he was on it, especially early on this season, he was just amazing. That's going to be a big miss, not for the fact that Cameron McGee, because Cameron McGee is fantastic and real. Come on. You now look at the bench and what options have we got to change things? Because it, it, it's getting smaller. Our, our options are getting lesser and lesser, aren't they? Yeah, that's one thing that worried me. Like, I looked at the bench on Friday night and you're thinking, well, what 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 could we change if we had option? And, you know, obviously Barrow were on bench and, and that. But Dougal has played a massive part in this season and there's no doubt about that. At the start of the season, like we said, we'd not really seen much or heard much of Dougal. Like you said, all the other fans, Sparta, just didn't really like him. And, you know, he started the season and he quickly became a fan's favourite. And, and he were really good. He, he controlled that midfield for for start at first half of the season, to be fair. And then he, he were ruled out with an injury after Astro Shrewsbury. And, you know, it's a shame because he is a really good player and I think he's got a lot of potential. And he's still only a young lad. He is. And I suppose the only thing is they're not just a knock. You know, sometimes they have a knock and they're out for a match. Last time he was out, was it six, seven weeks he was out? It was yeah. quite a long time. I suppose with a broken leg, you're looking, well, season's over. And, and like you say, you hope he can get them back to match fitness, everything over the summer summer break when we're back in the championship come early August so, so, so we can play again um, talking about injuries then we've, we've, we've now got over the shock that Kiefer Moore is out for the rest of the season as well I think everybody was quite worried and, and rightly so we've done alright haven't we oh yeah I don't think anyone can complain I mean we've not lost a game since he's been out no, that's true. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you know you've got the odd draw there and there but you can't, you can't moan you, you're unbeaten without him and 
obviously is a big miss and, and when he were at when he got ruled out it came a shock to everyone to be honest a massive shock and um, it'd be interesting to see what to what extent the injury might keep him out for because I doubt it'll just be concussion for remainder of the season. No, there has to be something on. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously that if that remains private, remains private. It, it, you would guess it's not just concussion. There is maybe something else going on. And on the safety side of things, have said, listen, just don't do it. I suppose coming into the season, Kiefer Moore was always going to be our number one striker, wasn't he? What this has allowed us is that now, I think if when they both fit. When we start with them both, that's going to cause any defence problems, isn't it? Because Kiefer Moore's absence has allowed Coley Woodrow at an accelerated rate to grow as a player almost, hasn't he? Because he's become almost a complete striker, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, when he joined Barnsley and he'd got that injury that kept him out for quite a bit, you would have never thought that he'd be this prolific you know, so early after the injury. And yeah, he's made that uh, role his own and, and he looks really good and I think if we went up, I think he'd cut it in Championship as well. He's had a lot of experience with teams like Fulham, Bristol City, Burton in the Championship. And I think if we do go up, that season might be his to grab and say, look, this is me. Yeah. There's been a lot of um, a lot of mentions on social media how uh, certain fans, and again, social media, it's, it's, it's about opinions, isn't it? How um, a selection of fans have this opinion that the club didn't do enough in the, in the January transfer window by bringing another striker in because we, we were always staying with the, the two that we had and that's come back to bite us on the proverbial because with Kiefer Moore out I suppose mainly after the performance of Adam Ajo against a difficult Doncaster on, on Friday where, where do you stand with that? Do you feel they should have brought somebody in? I'll tell you what my point is if you bring somebody in who's ready for first team football they would have to be at the top of the game because who would you put in the squad who would you take out would you take Woodrow or more off to put you wouldn't would you so you'd have to have a striker who's according to the data the spreadsheet the DNA everything well young hungry fast so more than likely looking at where we're buying from that would be maybe a league two player or, or whatever could they have bought somebody because is anybody willing to come to a club and actually sit on the bench knowing we've got two strikers there and then within the squad you've got a you've got a TM that can play up there. You've got a Brown that can play up there. You've got an Adebayejo who can play up there. So, I mean, that's that's you know that's quite a few yeah. already, isn't it? You know, you've got a Mike Baird, you've got a McGee who can play in those advanced roles. So, so I think I, I didn't see the need for a strike. I think in hindsight, it's always easy to say you need somebody as backup, but are you going to waste a position on the bench for somebody that might not get to play? How, how do you view that? Do you feel the club missed out or have done themselves a disservice by not bringing a striker in? No, I don't think so. I think it'd be very hard to find a striker who wants to sit on the bench. And for a striker, if you approach a striker and say, look, this is squad, and, and they see Kiefer Moore, Carly Woodrow, it's going to be very hard for any player to knock them off. And at League One, I don't think they'll be want to sit on bench. So for me, it's it's harsh to judge the club like that on that sort of business because it would have been very, very difficult to find someone willing to sit on on bench. Yeah. Just talk about genetic um, League One and, and, and football in general. We've said before, and, and it's been said on social media, not by just by Barnsley fans, but by journalists and other media outlets alike, that the, the, the central pairing of Ethan Pinnock and Liam Lindsay is one of the best in the league. And I suppose our clean sheets, and, and we don't lose very often, do we, supports that fully. I would go so far to say that in a, fully, uh, in a fully fit squad, a striking partnership of Woodrow and Moore is the best in this league. Do you agree with that? Or are the, striker, are, are the strikers out there in League One better than those two? No, I, th- I don't think so. I think it's very hard to find a better a duo in League One. And and you saw that working. It were blossoming before Keith Moore got, in, got injured. Um, and we were just waiting, obviously, waiting for uh, Woodrow to get fit. And when he did... The two just seemed to gel really quickly. There were a lot of goals going in from both, and yeah, I think it's hard to find a better two up front in League One. And I, I, I still think they'd be really good in the Championship once they've got the shot. Yeah, definitely. Um, we don't want to talk too much about other teams um, because this is the Reds report. But I do want to talk about Sunderland because I think you know we're focusing in, in a positive matter on trying to catch Luton. We have to also stay grounded and say. 
Should they win their games in hand, they will go a point above us. What's in our favour, personally, I think, is their fixture congestion following the Checker Trade Trophy final. I mean, that's Wembley, that's a big pitch. I think three days later, they, they, they play the first match that they're catching up on. I don't know if that's the Akron to run or whatever, but, you know, they, they play. They've got a lot, a lot of matches in a short period of time. From what I've seen from Sunderland, yes, they... You could say demolished us at their place. Although I thought we played really well there, and and Barnsley took a bit to get going, a bit like a steam locomotive, to, to, you know, to really then push through. Although we started really well, then we had a little of a bit of a lull with the the was it the Shrewsbury and the Charlton. Charlton, yeah. I don't think, and this is my personal opinion, that Sunderland has got the strength in depth and what it takes to win all those matches in a row, and then even when they've caught up, keep winning and, and keep us in third. In, in, in Will Grigg, to me, they've, they've, they've bought a striker, £4 million worth of striker. He might have been on fire and defences might have been terrified. It wasn't our defence and it, it, it's a little lame flame that you see now and then because I thought he was non-existent that Tuesday night when, when, when they played. Should we be looking over our shoulders or should we have confidence that actually... You know, they might catch us, but we're in a better vein of form with more strength in depth, and, and ultimately we'll make that second play at ours. I think I agree with you. I don't think Sunderland have that strength and depth to carry on to the end of the season. And like you said, the Czech Trade Trophy final, they've got a lot of games coming up, and, you know, they've got to. They might have to rotate squad and everything, but you look at some of their results this season, they draw a lot of games, and them draws means Barnsley have got a really big chance to try and get three points. Well, one draw, we get a win, and suddenly it, it, yeah. it's, it's in our favour again, isn't it? And I suppose the only thing in our favour is, if I'm statistically right, I do my research, but I do forget, I think they still have to play, I think it's five or six out of the top ten. That in itself, this division is so tight. I mean, there's always somebody running away with it. I don't think you can clearly say that Luton are running away with it. Yes, they're in front, but there's still plenty of teams that can catch them. Um, fair to say then, Barnsley, Luton, Sunderland, any of those three for the top two spot? Yeah, I think so. But I'd, again, I don't think Portsmouth are completely out of it. Not by any stretch. I think Portsmouth, did, you know, when you look back two years ago when we did the double at Wembley, we were coming Christmas bottom, we were going up, 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 and we came in that vein of form, up, 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 into the playoffs and then won. I think any team that finds a bit of form now, going into the end of the season towards the playoffs, that's the team you have to back. So if you've got a team like Sunderland, that's always been there or thereabouts, they're not finding anything extra, are they? No. A, Sund- a, a Portsmouth that had some not so good results didn't win in about four or five or six and then suddenly started getting results you wouldn't back against Portsmouth I suppose would you no I don't think you would and, and like you said it only takes that one win to get a bit of momentum going and, and they could possibly try and challenge us as well as Sunderland for that second spot it's one of them Charlton are on a really good run of form as well at the minute I'm not, I can't quite remember how many points they are but I think they'll definitely get in playoffs and I think on Saturday Luton were just brought back down to earth you know they went 1-0 up against Gillingham Gillingham pegged them back they went 2-1 up and Gillingham pegged them back I think that just brought them back down to earth and well in, in, in all honesty if we're going to go for first Gillingham did us a favour um, Luton played Doncaster I believe at the um, at the weekend might have to check this because I'm pretty sure Luton are at the keep mode so Doncaster could potentially do us a, a, a huge favour as well Turning our, ta- our attention to the bottom of the table, um, a stat on Twitter doing the rounds that the whole bottom 12 teams, any of those could still be relegated. That shows how, how sort of tight this division is, isn't it? It's, it's a real scrap for some. Some are finding form and just Wimbledon, Bristol Rovers, solid bottom. Bristol Rovers especially down at the bottom, made their way up. Still not safe. Even teams like Scunthorpe all over. It's, um, it's going to be an interesting end of the season, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think at both ends of the table, it's going to be really interesting. I think it'll it'll go down to wire. You look like you said. You look at I think twelfth. I think it might be Plymouth thereabouts, and I think they're only three or four points from the bottom. That's just how tight that is at the bottom. And then you look at the top, Blackpool, who I think are eighth, are still challenging for that playoff. Doncaster have got a game in hand against Bristol Rovers, though, but that's not going to be easy for Doncaster. Um, Bristol Rovers fighting to stay up. 
it's going to be a massive, massive long haul to the end of the season, and it's going to be an interesting one, definitely. Whoever said that League One football was boring, right? Um, we're going to switch the other computer on, and uh, we'll have a look, and uh, we'll do a bit of research. But well, we've got it up already about <laughs> Walsall. So play some music, and then we'll come back with the preview of the Reds again on Sky Saturday, twelve thirty against Walsall. The Reds Report on the Vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Some people got the real problem 
ask my opinion, don't ask me to lie And beg for forgiveness for making you cry For making you cry Cause I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put the blame on me This is for the fans. The vibe. I'm only human after all. Probably talk about us this, you know, Kyle. We're only human. <laughs> um, we were just talking um, in the um, well, the music was playing. Interesting point. If Kenny Dougal wouldn't have been injured. Do you think McGeehan would have come straight back into the side? Because Dougal was doing so well. It's it's hard to see him walking straight back in, to be honest, if Dougal was still fit. Because while he's been out, Dougal's made that position his again. And he's unfortunate to get that injury, but it's, it's probably... I mean, I don't think McGeehan will be happy that he's broke his leg, but I think he'll be relieved that he's got. he's clearly going to get back in the squad. Well, yeah, and he, and he was informed as he got the... You know, well, he, he wasn't a ju- to me. I, you're a referee, so I don't go against you. But <laughs> uh, to me, I found it really hard to, to, to see how. I don't understand uh, how you could play a game of football where a referee is in charge. A referee doesn't see something, but then because it was on TV and they mention it four times retrospectively, you could say, "Oh yeah, that's not good." Three match ban. I, I don't know, well, and, I don't, and they don't give any explanation. I just don't get like there's. Different, like if you look at the Premier League and that, there's been stuff like that incidents. Yeah, the it's, ball, it's not. Afterwards, there's been no action, so they've got to get that consistency. For me, I just the, think you know, there's no consistency. Is there? Let's have a look then, because I know we obviously we focus on Barnsley because this is a Barnsley uh, radio show. Um, let me just change the screen here because it's an interesting week, isn't it? Uh, in League One, um, Sunderland are not playing because they've got international call-ups. To the listeners. I was looking, thinking, I hope the BBC made a mistake. They've not put Sunderland on, but <laughs> Kyle made me away. International call-ups. So let's look at them. Barnsley play Walsall. Early kick-off, it's 12 o'clock kick-off, not 12.30, as I stated previously. Which, um, for Barnsley, with McGee back and Brown back, Woodrow, the squad refreshed, few days break. You would you put that down as, hopefully, three points again for the Reds and back to where we... Uh, well, I'm going to skip Scott and Matt just because they're not that important to us. Um, Luton Town host Doncaster Rovers. Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Doncaster have got that sort of brand of football, sometimes difficult to break down, difficult team to play against. And Luton have been stuttering at times. I know they've got a fantastic record at Canoworth Road. That as a draw would be ideal for us, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, when Gillingham went there and and they fought out for a two-two draw, and I'm, I think that might, you know, give Doncaster a bit of momentum going into that game. And obviously, they're unbeaten at home. I think all season. I think there's yeah. only Barnsley, Luton, and Sunderland. Um, but Doncaster will be going there with confidence. They picked up a point against a really good Barnsley side, and they've not been doing. And they want to cement that playoff place, like yeah. you said. So. It's an interesting one, and, and Doncaster, like you said, could do us a massive favour. We all love Doncaster, <laughs> only when we need to do only when we need to. And, and the other one I want to talk about is Shrewsbury Town host uh, Portsmouth. Whilst, when you look at the table, people might think, ah, easy win for Portsmouth, but Shrewsbury is a difficult place to go. We struggled. I think, did you say Doncaster, Doncaster lost? Doncaster lost 2-0, yeah, yeah. yeah they lost as well. Uh, Shrewsbury is one of those teams that... It, it, 
It's not if you if, if you ask somebody, somebody to, to, to give us five teams in League One, Shrewsbury will probably not be one of them because you'll forget about them. But actually, on their own little ground, and I don't mean that nasty, but you know. They're a difficult team to bury ground at home, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I, I, I can't put my finger on why or what it is. Um, I think that they introduced that little standing singing section behind their net for their own fans, so that might get them a little bit of atmosphere, atmosphere going. And I don't understand. It, it's they've got a really good home record. They're not like you said. They're one of them teams that are just you know, slightly forgotten about. And but they, they cause upsets as, as we've found out this season. Let's hope for another one then. <laughs> um, right, now look ahead at our opposition. So, Walsall, um, well, you might as well take us through the stats, can't you, Kyle? Because you found them and you emailed them <laughs> to me, so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you through. That. So, um, last five matches then, what, what's their form look like? I mean, they're not in a wretched runner form, I've said this off, off mic. Um, they're not wretched runner form, but they're not in a great runner form. I think it's more the sides below them of them pick, picking up points, which is led them to drop into the relegation zone on goal difference so they sit 21st on last last relegation place uh, the, the last two losses though in, in all fairness have come against Sunderland and uh, Portsmouth and, and they've given them a really good game in both only one goal difference between them I think it was 3-2 against Portsmouth and yeah they, they lost 3-2 at home Walsall yeah. against Portsmouth and actually at um, the Stadium of Light they lost 2-1 against Sunderland which yeah. we know that's a notoriously difficult place to go big stadium huge following so um, they might get some confidence from that and I'm sure they'll want to try to beat the, you know, the top teams and us being second <laughs> yeah. that'll be one of them under um but who do we need to look? Who do we need to look out for? Who's their danger man? Who's the one that you know? Is there a, a midfield maestro that they've got? Is there somebody who just bangs goals in for fun for them? Or um, Andy Cook, who they signed from Tranmere this summer, uh, has got 15 goals, two assists. Obviously, he's been out though. I think he got a red card against Bradford when they won three two. So he'll still be you know trying to get back on form and obviously in mid- like you said a midfielder uh, Zeli Ishmael. Right. He's, he's a really creative midfielder, and I think them two will link up really well when when they find and when he's back. So, it'll, them two are good players to look out for. And apart from that, they've it's been one of them seasons for them. Right, we're going to do something slightly different now, completely unrehearsed. So bear with me. I'm going to play a piece of music, and then when we come back, I want you to on your phone or whatever. I'll do the same. I want you to write down your starting eleven. I want you to write down who's the first Barnsley goal scorer and what the full time. Scoreline's going to be So play a bit of music yep. You've got oh, Let me have a look You've got uh, Which do we play 3 minutes 26 seconds Starting now
Threads Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Kyle and Carlo on the Retro Report Friday afternoon live on the Vibe from the studios at Barnsley College, Old Mill Lane. So, we had a 3 minutes 26 second challenge. Um, I wanted you to come up with your chosen starting 11 versus Walsall, first goal scorer, and let's do the minute of the first goal and the full-time score. So, we've not looked. I don't know what you've got, you've done what I've got, so, um, and I can't, because we've got no signal, I couldn't send it or whatever, so here we go. You do your squad first. And then I'll do mine. Let's see who's got the better squad. Okay. Uh, in goal, obviously, Walton. Yeah. That's got to, you know, Davis is, is out. Uh, Pinnock, Lindsay, Cavari, Pinios. Uh, in midfield, McGee and Brown, Barry and Mower, and then Tiam and Woodrow. Interesting. <laughs> I've got exactly the same. <laughs> I've got, as you can see here, Walton, Cavari, Lindsay, Pinnios, Pinnock, Mower, Brown, Tiam, McGee and Barry, Woodrow. Um I've got down Mowat to score the first goal on 28 minutes. I think it'll take some breaking down, and I think we're going to win 1-3. Oh, I've got um, Tiam to score first on 37 minutes, and uh, Barnsley to win 2-0. Just out of interest then, both got Barnsley wins. You've got the clean sheet. I've got for the, for the 1-3. You don't have to be a prediction. A win for Luton against Doncaster? No, I think that's got a draw written on it, to be honest, and I'd take that any day of the week. Definitely. And what about the Portsmouth match? I don't want to spend too much time, but I think we're getting to that point of the season where, although our results matter, in reality, we could win every game till now and the end of the season and still go to, and, and still have to do with the playoffs, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, at Portsmouth? Um, I think Shrewsbury will fr- frustrate them, and uh, again, I think draw 1-1. Absolutely fantastic. Um, are you going, also? I'm not now. No, no. I'll I'll find an establishment somewhere <laughs> to, uh, to to watch it. Kyle, thanks very much. Um, I hope when we sit here next week, we can talk about how we uh, you know open up a bigger gap on Sunderland who was not playing because of the international call ups, and maybe even start looking forward and saying Luton is within reach as well. Yeah, um, we're back next week on the vibe and later on this evening so if you're listening now when it's actually Wednesday evening that's because it becomes a podcast as soon as I've got home had my tea put a little into bed and I get my Mac out you've been listening to Do That Support Carl Walker Carl of Underwatering and we'll be back next week this is for the fans the vibe The traditional medical system doesn't allow doctors the necessary time to spend with each patient. And that's not the way it should be. At Partner MD, you'll have the one-on-one time you need with your doctor. Partner MD provides individualized care, medically advanced testing, and 24-7 access to care at a cost that's lower than you might think. Maybe it's time for a new tradition. Partner MD, it's better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com upgrade. Talk Sport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.